Welcome to the Life Central Podcast, the podcast where we answer the big and the not so big questions as we seek to go deeper and wider in our journey with Jesus. Each episode, we'll be joined by a host of special guests who will speak life and wisdom into the topics that really matter. I'm your host, Debs Brennan, and on this episode of the Life Central Podcast, I have a chat with Mark, Hannah, and Andy as we look at the topic of invitation. So wherever and however you are tuning in, we're so glad you could join us. This is the Life Central Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Life Central podcast. I am so glad you could join us today for episode number two already. Um, If you haven't, I really would recommend you give our first episode a listen. We had a really great conversation back in October discussing the question, how do I parent through Halloween? And even though this year's day has already passed, it may give you some ideas and some wisdoms for future years. So why not check it out? Uh, But back to today. Uh, We're going to be discussing the topic of invitation and I'm super happy to have around the podcast table with me today three wonderful people who are going to shed some light on this topic. Hello everyone. Hello. (laughs) It's so good to have you here. Uh, So with me I've got Mark, Hannah and Andy who was here for episode one. Um, I would love it if you'd introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about you and also maybe how long you've been coming to Life Central Church, that kind of thing. Fantastic. Um, So I'm Hannah. I am a mum of three and I'm a restaurant manager. Um, I've been in hospitality forever, 24 years. I worked out earlier, which is scary since I was 13. Um, I moved to this church in 2018 um, and I came here because of an invitation, which is, so we'll talk about that. Um, But I have a real passion for inviting people to church just because it's changed my life so I want to see that in others. Oh, Hannah that's awesome. Hello. <laughs> Hi uh, I'm Mark. Uh, I'm a dad of three married to Alison. I um, was a teacher. I've just retired after 38 years uh, teaching and I've been in uh, um, I've been in Life Central uh, 15 years now and I like Hannah I came uh, as part of an invite, we were looking for a church. Somebody suggested we give Life Central a go, Zion as it was in those days. And uh, here I am, 15 years later. That's great. Uh, my name's Andy. I wasn't invited. I forced my way through the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm the exact pastor, married to Laura. Uh, we've got two great kids. So before we kickstart the episode properly, what we like to do is just have a little bit of fun with our guests uh, and get to know them a little bit by asking them a question and seeing what they have to say. Uh, and today's question is, where is your favourite place in the world and why? So it could be a favourite holiday or a favourite place you like being in or just somewhere that's really pretty. But I think mostly I just want some new places to go and some new ideas. So that's why I'm asking it. So I literally can't pick one place. It's got to be two places, unfortunately. Um, the first place is New York City. Um, I was very, very lucky at university to go and do a year out in the industry and I chose Connecticut uh, Country Club Um, so I was 19 years old went and spent a year in America every Monday we would have off so we'd get the train to New York and every Monday just spend and I'm from Shropshire originally the middle of nowhere like literally there was three houses and a phone box I used to go to the phone box on and phone my friend with my 50p Um, so going to a big city like that was just incredible Um, so 
it has a real place in my heart. But then my other favourite place is home. And I know that's really boring, but after living in America for a year, no one does cheese like England. (laughs) No. (laughs) I I had to send cheese to my friend when they were living in America because the cheese there was that bad. cheese and savoury snacks, like a Greg's. Like just England, we just do it so well. (laughs) We do beige really well though. Yeah. (laughs) I just couldn't choose. So New York and home. That's so cool. Someone else? I was thinking about um, my favourite place is is Whitby, which isn't very exotic. But I go to Whitby most years. It was normally at the start of the school holidays as well. So you're euphoric having broken up for for six weeks. So it's got that set. But just when I go there, it just feels like a happy place. And I've got so many happy memories of going with my my boys when they were small and still going now. Um, as they're, they're adult, married, the, the, and uh, so just so many happy memories, and I just feel my, my spirit rise when I you know, get to the top of the hill when you're driving there, and you suddenly dip down the other side, and there's Whitby and the sea at the bottom. What's your favourite ju- thing to do in Whitby? Fish and chips oh, and the beach. Yeah, I was going to say Whitby has amazing fish and chips. We're just wandering around the town, and the beach, Sands End, just down the coast, just lovely. Nice, nice. I'm not going to go for the predictable answer for me and, go, and say Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. I'm actually going to say Glastonbury Festival. Um, I've been there three times. It is incredible. I've been once. And, Have you? Yeah, and it was 2011. Really? And it was one of the best things I've ever done. It is so good. And like what you see on the telly is you see three days of the festival and you just see the live music. It's it's like a city. It's it's huge. It's bigger than Hales Owen, the actual festival site. Um, and there's so much going on. It runs from Wednesday through to Sunday. So there's two days where none of the big stages are on. And like I would go just for those two days because it's just incredible. So creative, so much fun. Like it's it's a brilliant place, and I've just had a brilliant time. And the reason why I would choose it is whenever I've you can't. You, there's no guarantee of getting tickets and so like we've been three times but i think we tried six times so we've got a 50 percent success rate of yeah, getting tickets um and it's just an amazing place so much fun a brilliant five days there's no showers uh, but nobody's got a shower so you're all in the you're all in the same yeah. bo mess um, nothing a just, baby white can't fix exactly so yeah i would choose glastonbury festival oh that's so cool um I'll be self-indulgent and I'll give my favourite place as well. Uh, my favourite place is Iceland, not the shop. Um, <laughs> Festival of Betty, who doesn't love it? Um, so Iceland for me has been a real place of restoration and refocus and kind of really in the darkest times of my life, that's where I've gone. Um, and I had some friends who live there who now live here, thankfully, um, who've just sort of kind of come around me and surrounded me when I've really, need it, really needed it. Uh, maybe that's an episode in itself, who knows? Um, but mainly it's just beautiful. Uh, there is a view around every corner. Uh, I remember sitting in a hot spring in a place called Lammanalauga, which is right in the highlands of Iceland, and sitting there. And there's like a really steep valley right in the foreground, but then in the background is just like the wilderness of Iceland, and you just stare at it. It's just so beautiful. So um, I thoroughly recommend you go. It's so beautiful. And that's why Debs goes to Iceland. Way! <laughs> <laughs> that was really witty. Well done, you. <laughs> Um, okay, that's cool. I feel like I've I've got some lovely places to try and visit. I do agree with New York City, though. Aww. I absolutely loved it. We went on our baby me, and I don't recommend doing it at 20 weeks pregnant. <laughs> um, okay, so um, why this topic of invitation? Why is it important to invite our friends? Um, and 
why is it important to think about how we do it? Um, and the reason we're doing this now is because, dare I say it, Christmas is just around the corner, which started in September, didn't it, Andy? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so Christmas is right around the corner, um, and we want this episode uh, to come out in time for us to, to digest and to consider thoughtfully about how we might invite our non-Christian friends and family uh, to church over the festive period. And um, just a bit of a humble moment, really. I really struggle with this. I'm really scared of rejection. I'm scared of the word no. Uh, I'm socially actually very anxious with people that I don't particularly know very well or kind of talking about topics that could be quite contentious. And I know I'm not the only one. Um, And so much of our difficulty in inviting others is rooted in our own fears. And we're going to address a few of those today. So hopefully by the end, listeners, uh, we're all going to feel a little bit more confident, a little bit more courageous and a little bit more bold in stepping out and asking people close to us. Um, and maybe not to church. Um, have you guys got any stories of a time that you were either invited yourself or um, that you've invited someone else that's really struck you? Yeah, so I'll talk about the invitation I received. Um, so I, at the time, actually wanted to find a church um, because I'd had kids and I grew up in a church family and I kind of wanted that upbringing. Um, So the fact that I wanted to find a church and actually it still took me a long time to say yes. um, We'll come on to that, I suppose, but don't be scared of the no, because if it took me a long time to say yes, when I was looking for one, imagine people that aren't looking for one. Um, But our head chef at work, um, he used to, his name's Carl Taylor. um, He's started, comes to our church. Um, He used to like put Bible verses into team meetings um, and he was so inspiring and I was like who is this guy that's just sharing his face so openly in front of like 50 team members like that was like unreal and unheard of Um, and he didn't look like your stereotypical Christian either he's covered in tattoos and I know you know it's 2023 but you know in my eyes where I grew up a tiny little village where it was a church full of just old people basically a congregation of seven um it wasn't your stereotypical Christian um so he used to bring these verses in and he used to say just come to my church one day and I was like oh I will I will I will and it probably took me six to eight months to actually come and the only reason why I did come is because I really hit rock bottom um I was suffering from postnatal depression after my second daughter so it took me a long time to accept that invitation um but as soon as I came like I remember the first day meeting Vicky Welch and she lived about 100 yards from my house and that connection just straight away and I just knew like this was the place um so if it hadn't been for Carl I you know probably wouldn't have found this place so oh wow I love that Hannah that's awesome I was thinking about when you said the um, when I became a Christian and I became a Christian at the back of a, an invite. My mom invited me to go on a coach trip to see Billy Graham at Villa Park, which is God's sense of humour that I would become a Christian <laughs> at, at Villa Park. Um, and I can't believe I said yes. To be honest, when I when I think back, I wasn't in a I wasn't in a play. I wasn't really searching. In fact, I was probably quite antagonistic. I didn't one or two arguments with people who were in the CU when I was at uni before I became a Christian but uh, I went along um, and it was as if he I mean he threw a lot out um, but he talked uh, particularly about the, the the need for forgiveness that Jesus is paying the price on the cross uh, but also that Jesus was going to be the rock for my life if I built my life on the rock I was in a low place at the time and if I built my life on him 
that he would never let me down. And so there's an invite then, a different sort, to go down on the, on the pitch at Villa Park. And I gave my life to Jesus that, that day. And he's been my rock and my saviour ever, ever since. And the idea that mom, yeah, I, I, I'm amazed that I even went, um, really, when I think back. Um, but you never know where people are in their journey. You never know where people are. And I think that's a real encouragement to, to invite. Even if somebody says no, you know, you don't know what part of their journey that, that is. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, then we're going to hit a little bit about, about that a little later on, about not knowing where people are in that journey. And our invite might just be, might just be what that person needs. Yeah, I, um, over a number of years when I was youth pastor, I built up a relationship uh, I say relationship, just chatted to the guy who provided the inflatables. So, you know, at least once a month we were hiring the Disco Dome or, you know, the Bungie Run and, and just got chatting to, to to the guy and just built up a relationship And because we were talking about invitation and, you know, I moved to the area. And so all of my friends in Hales Owen at the time were, were church people and Christians and so... Um, you know, when it was like, oh, invite a family member, I was like, well, they're not going to come all the way from Liverpool. <laughs> and so um, built up a bit of a relationship uh, with this guy and just continually invited them to Christmas and Easter. Um, and in those seasons where we were saying, invite, 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 I'd be saying, oh, mate, I'd love you to come. I'll get your ticket. I'd love, I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you. Never turned up. Never, ever turned up. Um, and never came to anything. And then uh, when the, when COVID hit, I just started sending them the link um, every other week, um, and then and then I stopped after a while because I wasn't getting a reply, and it just felt like I was spamming them um, and stuff. And got chatting to him as COVID was kind of waning, um, and the youth had hired something, and I come down to to just say and got chatting to him turned out he'd been going through this horrendous uh, breakdown of his marriage um, and got chatting to him and he just said to me and he said to me again recently when I spoke spoke to him thank you so much for sending me that stuff that, re- that really helped me through that really impacted me he's still never come in person and I don't know if he watches and so like I share that because I'm like, sometimes people say no, but you don't know what's going on in the background and you send stuff and get no reply and it feels fruitless and, and futile and actually God God was using it and he's still not made the decision to follow Jesus yet, um, but I still want to invite. I love, Andy, what you've just said there about like the uncertainty of the invitation that you've you've given out um and i think that's going to lead really nicely into into the next bit of of the episode where um we're going to look about how do i invite people to church but before we get there i think it's really important that we talk about the fears and the barriers that we have to inviting people to church because obviously to overcome the hurdles you kind of need to know what they are so that you know how high to jump i guess um so what are some of the the barriers what are some of the fears that people are going to have to inviting people I think there's a, there's an interesting thing here because I know like Hannah, you're very clearly an extrovert, <laughs> uh, and I think I'm more introverted than than people think, um, and so I have a fear of is this going to create an awkwardness? Like, are they are they going to come and go? Oh, that was, I didn't like that, and I'm not worried that they don't like it. I'm more worried about there's going to be an awkward in our awkwardness in our relationship mm. afterwards. That if they just come and go, yeah, it was fine. No, I'm not interested in coming again. You know when you recommend, you know when you recommend a Netflix program and you go, you're gonna love it. It's <laughs> class, and they watch one episode and they go, no, I didn't like it, and you're like, 
oh what and and like there's there's that sense of well if they don't it's going to create this awkwardness or if they just find it like it doesn't hit them because sometimes people come and they just go yeah it was good i enjoyed it do you want to come again no i'm all right like and that that awkwardness of of the conversation and awkwardness in the relationship and i think when you then keep going back i think i think sometimes that can be a, a resonance in me i know when we first moved into our house our next door neighbors didn't like us very much um and uh, i think they do like us now i hope i pray <laughs> um but like I always, when, whenever we say invite your neighbour, I'm like, because <gasps> that awkwardness is there with our neighbours that we, we're, you know, we're amicable and, you know, we try very much to show the love of Jesus, but they're so introverted that if I was to knock on their door and say, come to church, like, if they said yes, I'd be like, yay! But then there'd be this awkwardness to me because I'm like, oh, there's this awkwardness to our relationship already. And so I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety around the the awkwardness that, that maybe some people people are wired differently that maybe Hannah you I mean you may well have experienced the awkwardness and I mean, been fine with it. the way I see it is even if they come once you've planted that seed so you've done the good like mm. yes they may never come again but they will always know Life Central is here mm. and that time when they need us might come in their lives so you've done the you've done the good thing already so just the good is so much better than the the anxiety and you know mm. the, that fear like just look at it as you've got someone here, you've planted that seed and that seed can grow, you know? Not to steal your bit, Andy, but when we were preparing for this and you said to me, like, we have a responsibility to, inv to invite people, but the responsibility is not on us about how that person then mm -hmm. responds. So, yeah, like, you've sown the seed and yeah. it's for God to, for God to walk and God to grow, isn't it? I think we build it up as well, don't we? We build it up to be, I'd love them to come to church and then we, we like prepare our pitch almost in our heads maybe. Yeah. And, and I think we, we big it up a lot in our minds to be something that it's not do you know what i mean and i think it's important not to not to build build up the anxiety and just relax and allow it to mm. flow naturally in the conversation one of the things i struggled with for a long time is do i know them well enough to invite um, and I'm like, well, well, I'm not, I'm not deeply. They're, they're not, they're not my, you know, brother-in-law who who doesn't know Jesus that I've got relationship with. Like, and I really had to get over that and just go, well, when the opportunity comes and it comes up in conversation, then then to leverage that invite, but also to seek out the invites with the people that I am close to, and go, okay, I'm going to put because when you invite, you do put your reputation on the line a little bit. You do feel vulnerable, and you know I used to say that with young people to encourage them. Say, I know when you invite your mates, you're putting your reputation on the line uh, and how your mates see you. If I'm weird, that's going to reflect on you. And so, like as a church, we work really, really hard on that because we know that when, you know, when Hannah, you say to a colleague, "Come to church, it's great," and you know, I talk absolute nonsense and I become a little fruit loop on the stage, like that's going to reflect badly on your on your relationship. And so we we want to hold that that rightly, but also I think it's not picking it up, and you know, you, you end up having a chat with someone in Greg's uh, and going, oh, like and inviting them to church. I. I said, you know, when I had an operation, a couple of operations on my finger, you know, the, the lady was injecting me with with um, an, an local anaesthetic. Local anaesthetic. <laughs> She's got fingers in my armpit, and she was asking me what I did, and I'm like, this is the weirdest scenario to be inviting someone to church. <laughs> but I ended up going, you should come, you know. <laughs> and she 
the two nurses gave me that look and went, oh, yeah, that sounds lovely. And I thought, you're never going to come. But I did it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a little bit of awkwardness. I don't know whether it was the armpit or the invite. <laughs> um, but there was awkwardness there. Um, but you just you, you get over it and no one, no one dies, do they? Yeah. And I think that is one of the fears that people have is that simply they just don't know how to ask. What words do we use? How do we... How do we start the conversation? Um, and that's well, what's what we're going to get into now and what I'm really excited to hear about. Um, because just like you listeners, I'm here because I want to learn um, some really simple, easy things that will help me to just step out in faith just that little bit more. Um, so we've talked a little bit about some of our fears and anxieties about um, rejection, about the fear of maybe social isolation and awkwardness, but that actually, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing. And actually, there isn't always that awkwardness. And actually, it is just a little bit easier than perhaps we think it out to be in our head. So what sort of practical things can we share with with our listeners about how we go about inviting people to church? I mean, I sometimes sell it as therapy. (laughs) Um, So I say to them, because I work with a lot of young people um, and I see, you know, the mental health crisis is, is... almost out of control. So I, I, you know, I see so many troubled people. I just think if I can just get you to church. Um, so I say, especially mums as well, mums with small kids, I say, guys, you get to drop off your kids for just over an hour. <laughs> you get a cup of tea and it's hot and then you can sit. And even if you have a little snooze, that is like, that is a win-win situation. But you would never snooze in our church, obviously. Um, but it is, because it is so relevant. Like, you can just take something away, honestly. And the amount of people that have come and they've shed a tear because obviously the Holy Spirit's touched them and they say, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. And I say, crying is so good for you. You know, like, let it out. Like, I say, this is like, I say to them, this is my therapy every week. Like, you drop your kids off, hot cup of tea, cry brilliant like honestly and we should put that on a poster <laughs> like central church drop your kids off hot cup of tea cry <laughs> honestly it gets me through yeah it's free, free as therapy. well like people pay, i mean my daughter's going through therapy at the moment it cost me 55 pound a session this is free you know so come on like that is a selling point <laughs> that is possibly the best pitch i've ever heard <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> um, something that really struck me as I was kind of like just reading and trying to just ask God for a little bit of wisdom in this was um, just coming back and actually praying for the opportunities in the first place. Like I'm talking about, like I know what I'm talking about and I don't, but I just think, you know, whenever I'm preparing and wherever I'm anxious, that is where I am trying to dive first and trying to dive into the word of God. And um, there's a passage in Colossians that talks about devoting ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful um, that God may open the door for our message and actually just praying for the opportunity. Even if it's just a, a segue in or just the right person or the right moment in the day, whatever it is that that God would just give us the opportunities in the first place. I have an example of that. So, um in between where I work now, I had a pretty horrific job, which uh, I did not enjoy, but it taught me so much, which is good. However, I remember um, getting the train to work, really building myself to go up to go in. And I remember praying, walking through the ball ring and saying, God, give me an opportunity to talk about Jesus today. And I'm not joking, like two minutes later, my operations manager who had come from London was here and I went to say hello and then I can't remember the exact conversation, but he basically said, you go to church, don't you? Tell me about it. And I thought, all right, God, you're on it today. Oh, yes. <laughs> Blimey. So, yeah. So he just, and he just asked me questions and it was so, like, 
he'd never spoke about anything like that before and it just came out of nowhere like so I used to make it my habit like every day before work like give me that opportunity because you know otherwise the day gets busy and you just forget so just pray it and it he he does it you know that's so good I'd say like listen I think I think we can't view people as projects like yeah. and oh I've I I you know we're talking about inviting to Christmas I've invited my person like they can't be projects and like a, f- a friend of mine who worked at the church that Laura worked at when uh, when we first met was an incredible evangelist and he uh, kind of talked to me and he said if you just listen to people they will tell you how to tell them about Jesus they won't say it's it's really good and it's like it's like they won't say oh i need to hear about the forgiveness of G-. like you will just if you listen to them long enough you will find a way to to explain to them who jesus is because mm. there's many ways to jesus but jesus is the only way to the father and i think like listening to people asking them how they're leaning in to them and saying how was your weekend how's your life how are you doing really and and asking those questions and just listening and you might you might listen to several conversations without ever inviting them and that's okay you're listening and you're displaying who jesus is and there will be an opportunity where you can say oh well actually there was a talk at my church let me send you the link that was that was i found that really helpful even if you don't listen to the jesus stuff there was something in this that that you were talking about there or you know you'd be really welcome or like you said mums who who you know got kids oh you you Get an, get an hour to cry like listen and uh, and and invest in that person don't view them as a project and a and a box to be ticked but listen and invest in that relationship and widen your circle as well i think that's what i've been learning is like you know like you say hannah when you were in the queue like not just it's so easy to be head down and earphones on and scrolling through tiktok and listening to podcasts and stuff you know that's important sometimes but sometimes it's important to lean in that person who serves you coffee or costa go going how are you doing today and and leaning into that and that doesn't have to be a depth of relationship but you can say you'd be really welcome at life central you'd be really welcome at our church and and widening that circle as well so i i, th- I hear what you're saying about not being a project but i think you have to be intentional as well and most of the people i've invited from work are people that i've got to know quite well so, for instance, I know which folks have small children. So when the holiday club is on or I know I had two friends who came to the Christmas fair, brought their kids to the Christmas fair last year, um, you know, right, I'm ready with that because I know what your, I know what your situation is. Um, so I'm in, intentional about that. And I think it comes of going, when I was going to work every day, I was going two things. I'm going to teach maths, but I'm going to hopefully have a conversation and have some opportunities to 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 talk to people i think one of the things that you know another just example of that being in, intentional is with the rs teacher i know they teach baptism that's part of what they teach in our lessons so whenever we're having a baptism at school it's like at church it's well here's the link or maybe the kids want to come along maybe you'd like to come along so i think although they're not a project i think you can be you can be intentional you can know people that you know actually that's going to work for you and so I am going to go out my way to, to invite you. I'm going to be ready for that. I'm not just getting, it's not a chance opportunity. I'm ready. I'm going to be intentional. Just remember as well, like an invite as well. Like we talk about loneliness is such a big thing. Obviously we spoke about that Sunday. Um, that invite shows that you want to spend time with them as well. And for someone that is such a big thing. Like some people, like they come to work, they don't spend any time with anyone outside and, 
again, I see it at work all the time, all these young people, they're so connected on their phone and yet they've actually got no friends outside of work. So me inviting them to church is actually a big deal because I'm saying, I want to spend time with you, you know, no matter what your past is, you know, and even if we're not like, we have no interests in common, just come to me, you know, that can be a big thing for people, I think, as well. What I'm hearing so much of is making the most of every opportunity, whether that is the big opportunities or whether that's just the hey let me just put this flyer on the you know the notice board in the staff room like just it doesn't have to be a big deal I think that is absolutely somewhere where I where I fall into like in my mind it's just my mind will make it up into this massive thing that it just from what you are talking about just doesn't doesn't need to be which is really really encouraging I loved talking about investing in people and extending the invite and showing people that we love them and that we care for them. Um, Something that someone posted on the community when we were talking about this topic a couple of days ago um, was that they had wanted to be invited. They wanted someone to extend a hand out to them. And that got me in the gut. I was like, oh, oh, okay. This isn't like, this isn't just about me. Like these people really do want someone to just go, hey, come to church with me. Come and spend some time with me. And I just love that. And that's the thing we're learning a lot as, as a church. I think, you know, it's no coincidence that since we've made the decision, you know, nearly 10 years ago to be a church where unchurched people feel a part of and where church people grow, that we've had more random people just show up uh, who've got no connection, who haven't necessarily been invited. We're learning... God's already at work in people's lives. Uh, and, you know, it's not that our invitation suddenly downloads the God app in their life and God starts to fizzle away in their heart. Like, God's already fizzling in their heart. God's already staring yeah, them. And there's people already going, I'd love to go to a church. I just can't find the right one. Or, you know, I'm, I've got loads of questions. That That's what I'm seeing in people on Alpha at the moment. We're seeing people tune in online. We're seeing all of this stuff. And it's like, God's already at work in those people that you're, you know listening to us now and thinking i'd love to invite them i'd love god's god's at work in their life and and god's at work through you in their life but god's Mm. already at work Mm. in other through other people in their life and god is speaking to them through loads of stuff don't yeah don't miss it i always remember when i did alpha um you probably all know ken and rita hipkiss they were on the table with me they were they'd already given their lives to jesus but they'd brought along a couple um and Rita said to me, she she said she never invited them, but she was on, she was in a walking group with them. And they'd said to her, we want what you have. We don't know what you have, but you have something. And she was like, well, come and do Alpha. You know, but she'd spoke about her faith, but never actually like really like, oh, come to church, come to church. But the fact that they said that to them, you know, God's working through us and they can see that there is something else. And a lot of people do say like something's missing in my life. So... You know, Alpha is such a good opportunity to invite people there because, you know, yeah, I just, it always sticks in my mind, that couple, so. I think actually just living by example, like just the mere fact that we are saved already does set us apart and we live our lives in a different way and in a world that's so full of chaos and hurt and all the rest of it right now and loneliness. Like we do stand out, we are countercultural. And like you've just said, like people do look at us and go, I want what you have because there is something missing in me. Um, So actually just living by example perhaps is a way that that we we can invite people just because of who we are. This episode was just too good to cram into 40 minutes. There was so much good coming out of the conversation that we were having that we've decided to make it into a two part episode so you guys don't miss a thing. So come right back for part two of episode two on Invitation.